Hi, folks. Just a little short disclaimer on this episode. There are some areas where the audio is a little robotic or spotty, but trust me, it clears up and you are definitely going to want to hear this. So on to the show. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and today I have one of the most amazing intellectual minds that I think I have ever come in contact with, and it is my honor and my privilege to have him on my show. He had me on a while back, and it was the weirdest thing for For people that have not heard the show, um, we got to talking before we ever started recording, and his family is from the exact same town that I grew up in and lived on the same block. Um, So we had a lot of the same haunts and stuff, so small world. Um, But I am honored and delighted to have on today, Mr. Raven Kiefer. How are you, my dear? I am fantastic and favored as usual. (laughs) And that being said, let me say my hey and I favor. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing absent that is needed for everybody listening to us. Amen to that. So for listeners who do not know you, tell us about you because you are one of the (laughs) most interesting people I think I have ever been privileged and blessed to know. Uh, First she says I'm an intellectual and then she says I'm interesting. You talk about putting pressure on someone. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure here ever. (laughs) Um, uh, eccentric yeah um you know it's, it's really funny because a lot of people say well you know describe yourself and it's like man i don't know um you know i started out i where do you want me to start or what what particular thing do you want me to jump on first <laughs> everything oh, we're Lord. gonna try to cram as much into today as we can and this could literally people be like a 20-part series i'm just mm. saying well, if, <coughs> excuse, <coughs> excuse me. I'm sitting outside. I love to sit outside and watch the birds, but the allergies sometimes kick up, y'all. Um, you know, I guess I should start with the the most simple thing to say is, when I was a kid, I was a D and F student. Literally, until I was in fifth grade in school, I made straight D's and F's. Every once in a while, I lucked out and got a C. Um, Teachers thought I was lazy because then when we would do our quote unquote achievement tests, I would end up, you know, scoring like three or four grades ahead of everybody else. And mm-hmm. I would finish before everybody else. And they couldn't figure out how I was doing it because obviously I was just lazy, too lazy to do the homework and too lazy to participate in class because I, I was, you know, fifth, fourth and fifth grade. I was I was testing out at like ninth and tenth grade. So I was going to say you were bored. You weren't being um, challenged. I was extremely bored. And the other thing, too, is I was dyslexic. So if you just let me do it and let me do it really fast, I could understand it, comprehend it and handle it just fine. But, you know, the the teaching progress and the process that they used was not good for me. Mm -hmm. So I uh, that year we had a a teacher. His name was 
Ben, but I can't remember his last name. Um, moved from California just temporarily. <laughs> That's a long story. Um, <laughs> listen to me laugh. Just temporarily got a job where we were at. He figured out that I was dyslexic, and he taught me to speed read on one of those old, flat, green screen computers, if you can believe it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, I recall I those. To, <laughs> you know, folks, it, it's like an IBM with a teeny tiny, like, five-inch window, and it's just green. Mm-hmm. Two shades of green is what you had. The other one was two shades of orange. That um, was but anyway, our I learned how to speed read. in school. <laughs> yeah, I learned, I learned how to speed read. Well, and by doing so, I went from D's and F's to straight A's and oh man flat <laughs> um well the minute that happened then you know all of a sudden reading was a um uh, I, I don't a reading was a gift right um the counter to learning how to speed read was is i ended up with an eidetic memory so like i read a book called millennium when I was in seventh grade, I can still remember the end of it where they walked down the ladder and realized that the place that they thought they were was completely changed. Um, and I'm just trying to give an example. It was uh, 229 pages long. <laughs> and it took you, what, a, a couple minutes? <laughs> I, read, I read it, during, I read it dur- during study hall. Mm-hmm. Um, an hour. I'm not gifted in that manner. No, I'm not. Mm-mm. Um, I average between three and 500 pages an hour. Um, when I'm doing a foreign language, it's different. Like Latin, I have a heck of a time. Um, I probably still get about a hundred pages an hour as long as it's not handwritten. Understandable. Um, German about the same way. Um, but that's the other thing that I, I, I learned Latin in high school. And then I took Spanish for four years too. And then I learned French, German, Italian. Um, I can, I can do Portuguese if I hear it, but I, I don't speak it very well. I'm, I'm pretty much can't speak very many of them very well anymore because I haven't spoken, you know, regularly in order to, to maintain the, the tongue and mouth movement, the palate movement. But, uh, so that led me to all kinds of research, learning the languages. Um, I tell everybody I'm an, I'm a mystic and it's really nothing mystical about it. What a mystic is, is somebody who studies the esoteric, mm-hmm. which is just things that are kept. People get all, people get all weird about these words, but it's because they don't understand what they mean. Right. And esoteric, something that is esoteric just means that a small group of people have kept it to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, a very good example is, is within churches. You have esoteric groups that hide information from the people who they consider laity not part of right um so esoteric just means it's something that's held within a small group it could be a small group of businessmen it could be a small group of international market people it could be a small a small group within the religious or within a cult it just means that it's esoteric it's kept within a small group and it's not meant for the public and then a cult a cult just means hidden i was gonna uh, say it sounds like uh, secret societies are part of that esoteric knowledge. Oh, yeah. Secret societies, even if you're part of a secret society, there will be an esoteric group within that society you know nothing about. Mm -hmm, Correct. 
Kind and they like, have um, esoteric and they have esoteric knowledge. You'll never know anything about right. it. Right. I was going to say uh case in point would be like the Masons and the higher yes. up you go, the less knowledge, you know, that the people underneath are aware well, you know, of. I'm, I'm amazed that people talk about 30, 30, 31, 32 and 33 degree Masons. Mm -hmm. And they don't know anything about the uh, 36 and 38 degrees. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just saying yeah, um, and that's and that's come up <laughs> before in a lot of conversation that that it is definitely past, you know, the the thirty three that people typically discuss and talk about, but there's much higher, and um, <clears throat> very interesting what the knowledge base in that level would be. I'm curious, um, <laughs> I probably don't want to know. <laughs> well, and I wouldn't necessarily want to perform the rituals and the mm -mm. self-sacrifice that's required to get to those levels either right absolutely of course there are some of them at the higher levels that don't sacrifice anything we know this too mm -hmm. so but anyway so, uh, so when you were uh growing up and and you realized that you had these um basically obstacles to overcome in school being being dyslexic and stuff how did that progress into uh your chosen path as far as uh degrees and things like that what played a role in you deciding that <laughs> it was purely accidental when it comes to the degrees i i, I uh, <laughs> the, the only the only two degrees the only two degrees that i got on purpose um is at one time we used to have at one time we used to have police officers mm -hmm. and I thought it would be really neat to be set up in a way that when I was older, I could be a police officer and serve a community. And, um, and for people that, that don't know, uh, you live on a reservation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Let do me now, clarify that because people are like, what? There used to be police officers. <laughs> there still is. I mean, it, it's, it's not semantics. Um, when they changed it from police officers to law enforcement, mm -hmm. it is not just a semantical term. We, in some places, you may still have people who wear that uniform that act as a police officer. They serve the community. But when they mm -hmm. changed it to law enforcement agency, that is a completely different organization, completely different mindset completely different activity and they do no longer serve the community. They serve the law mm -hmm. and that's the reason why they behave the way they do. Right. Um, and when that changed, I had no interest. Yeah. I, I they, they don't protect the community. They protect the law, which mm -hmm. is the municipality and or state. It right. has nothing to do with the population anymore. And I won't do that. So mm -hmm. that degree was wasted. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, that's not the reason why I did it, but I did it on purpose. I got a law enforcement and security degree on purpose. And then the other degree I got on purpose with purpose was, uh, office and business management. Um, because I didn't know how to use the computers. I didn't know how to use like back then it was word perfect. And I can't remember the, uh, the, uh, um, accounting program, but I didn't know any of those. Um, right. I was old as you're younger than I am. I was old enough that when I went through school, we barely got to use a computer. Exactly. Um, Same. We had like one and it was like you were talking about with the, the green mm -hmm. screen and the very tiny little 
window to look through most of our stuff was actually like done on typewriters so oh yeah that's us we have, use typewriters yeah and um, then and the first computers <laughs> were like were like dos based and so mm -hmm. you had to do dos programming before you could ever like really do anything yeah i, I still know basic i still know basic dos and ibm uh, ibm i may have trouble with because it's been so many years since i've used it but um, you know, there's another advantage to the eidetic memory, but anyway, right. so those are the only degrees that I actually got on purpose. And then I just happened to walk into different things and wanted to learn different things. So, mm -hmm. um, the contracting job that I had would pay for me if I was stuck in the States, they would pay for me to go take classes. Um, and then we also had the opportunity to take what they called distant classes, which was not a normal thing at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I can enroll in five classes and have the textbooks, have all the information, communicate. We, it was different because it was a fax back then. It wasn't, you couldn't email. Exactly. <laughs> um, we didn't have people emails. People were like, a fax? <laughs> What's that? Um, beepers. So, <laughs> yeah, beepers. We had, we had pagers. We had pagers and fax machines back mm -hmm. then, y'all. And then exactly. the uh, cell phone, the cell phone that I did have was the size of a suit case mm -hmm. and required a satellite to use mm -hmm. um yeah. but anyway uh, that was with the the contract company that i worked for for all, all those years but the thing about it is is I, because of what i did i could i could enroll in courses and take them and then i could fax literally <laughs> i could fax my work i could fax my my uh, uh papers and uh you know you, calling was always long distance it wasn't like it is today with a cell phone so i right. could interact and it was just uh, it was a program that was not very commonly known and not very available at the time. Now you can like remote take, I could remote take a class in, in uh, Bellingham, Washington from Miami, Florida, if I wanted to, but it wasn't mm -hmm. that way back then. Right. And you had to fax all your stuff to, to the school, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up getting a lot of degrees um, because I was interested in a lot of things. You know, it's like, I, I've got uh I, of course, worked through university to, to be a PTA, mm -hmm. and I did the clinicals as a PTA, so I do know, uh, but I wanted to learn physiology. <laughs> How's that for ironic? Well, that's why um, I said you are literally one of the most well-educated people I have ever run across, but, but you're you very humble. You're very humble you, about your, your stuff, though. You have to be careful about saying education, though, because education right. is not a compliment. No, well, I, I took all these courses. <laughs> I, took all, <laughs> I took all these courses. And through the process of taking these courses, I, I tell people I learned what I needed to unlearn. <laughs> mm -hmm. True, true. I can side with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I took I took the I became a PTA and I did the clinicals and then I got called out of the country because I handled the outbreaks. I had to go. I had to go deal with a, a bad situation in Africa, and when I got back, I just like, man, there's no way. Even though, even though I might be here for six months, I'm not going to go back into into no. So, uh, you know, I was always trying to find something else that I was interested in. Now, this whole time, I'm like studying Manley Hall and Rudolf Steiner, and I'm reading Eric von Donnegut's newest paperback, and you know, I couldn't buy the hardbacks. I just couldn't invest the money. <laughs> Right, <laughs> <laughs> but then you got you got David Icke. 
All right. Now, I met David Icke out in California in 1988 or 89. He was out there with Jordan Maxwell. So I got to meet Jordan Maxwell then, too. You talk mm-hmm. about influence in somebody's life. Um, people can say whatever they want about David Icke. They can say whatever they want about Jordan Maxwell. But I was walking up the street and saw David Icke here today. Beer's half price. <laughs> I thought, well, the beer's half price and they got good coffee. So, okay, let's try this. I listened to the David Icke for about an hour and a half. And then he took a little break and he talked for about another hour. And I'm like, man, this dude is either out of his freaking mind or I'm missing something completely. Um, Which is what I think a lot of people that listen to him uh, come away with that conclusion. <laughs> you know? And I thought, you know, nobody could be this far away from my reality unless he's crazy or unless my reality is not correct. Mm-hmm. And most people aren't, you know, even today, most people aren't aware enough to even think of that. So I thought, what the hell? So after everything was done and over with, I talked to Jordan Maxwell, and it's the only time I ever met the man. And, and I still have a misrespect for him all these years later, even, at, you know, rest in peace. Um but I talked to him for a few minutes and he was kind of busy. He was trying to promote himself and David Icke, which I understood. I, I didn't understand he was a producer and all that at the time. I, I had no idea who he was, but he was really mm-hmm. co- cordial. And he, he, a few things, I couldn't even tell you what he said. And then David Icke, man, he just sat there and talked to us for like an hour and I'm like completely blown away. So that was <laughs> one step in the way that my, my life changed even before I started getting all these degrees. Mm-hmm. And uh, for people that don't know, I did ABC. I, I worked um, uh, atomic, biological, and chemical. I had to know what to do in case th- things went bad. Okay. That's what I definitely um, wanted and to that get was into whole, that, too. That was a whole different kind of degree. I had to have the training. I had to have the uh, procedures. I had to have the military procedures. I had to have the uh, Atomic Energy Commission procedures. I had to have biological... Uh, and it was constantly upgrading my, uh, upgrading my, uh, I guess you'd call it continuing education now. Right. But uh, because of the speed at which I could read and the concentration in the way that they did it, sometimes they would just put me with two very specific specialists. And I would go through all this material and I would go through picking their brains and they would pick my brain and then I would get recertified. Um, there was no really specific program for this because – things would change so rapidly. Sometimes you would get a piece of paper on the fly, um, literally flying into a place, you know? Right. And, um, ha- and have to learn the information while you're in the air. Uh huh. And we had sat phones. So if you had a problem, you know, there would be references that you could call and, you know, hopefully they spoke English because some of them would be in Japan or India or, you know, mm-hmm. um, right. let me anyways, ask so you- my, my degrees. Go. Let me ask you something real quick. How did you get into uh, doing the ABC stuff? Not just for you did it in the military as well as a contractor, right? Well, I went into the military. My idea was to keep from getting myself. See, I was always bored, so I was always getting into trouble. <laughs> True. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, seriously, y'all, I was always bored. I was always getting into trouble. And unfortunately, when you're bored and you're intelligent and you don't worry about getting into trouble, you get into things that you shouldn't. All right. Mm-hmm. So I right. had to make a choice. My, my choice was either I go into the military or I go into the ground or prison or someplace because right. I, I, I just 
kept taking more risks. Right. Um, well, you know, you can only risk so much before the, the bookies come and break your legs, right? right? That really wasn't the problem, but it's a very good analogy of the situation that I had myself in. Mm-hmm. And I decided if I don't do something, I'm going to end up in, in the ground, most likely. So uh, I decided I'd go in the military. Well, mm-hmm. I joined the military. I took all these tests, you know, and they said, well, what do you want to do? And I thought, man, that looks interesting as heck. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, bored, looking for excitement. Right. Um, the guy so says, "What do you mean?" And I said, "Literally well, this- pick the most dangerous thing." You the, the, the guy says, "I said, what is this? Is this atomic, biological, and chemical?" He goes, "Well, those are people who respond to, you know, catastrophe situations and outbreaks, mm-hmm. and they get trained to handle those three specific things." And I'm like. Seriously, you'll train me to deal with this stuff? Yeah. I said, sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't allow them to put two MOSs on my sign-in. I said, that's what I want to do. Nothing else. If you can't get me assigned, I'm out. Mm -hmm. And he just looked at me. And a couple months months went by. A couple months went by, and they came back. And uh, I hope that was you, not me. Is that me? I have no idea. I didn't hear anything. Oh, I guess it was me. That was weird. But anyway, a couple of months went by. They come back and said, okay, sign. <laughs> you still there? Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's what I did. Well, when I went in, they did away with my unit. That's when uh, Ronald Reagan and uh, George Bush was privatizing everything. Right. So I immediately got bought up by a private contractor which I did not know they could do, and they can still do, by the way. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I got bought, bought up by a private contractor, which was fine because I made more money in a week. Than I'm, I made more money in a week than, I'm, than I made in six months sometimes, mm-hmm. um, if I've been in there. And I got better training. Right. I hate to say that, but I really did get better training. And, uh, Absolutely. We, our, our rules of conduct and our rules of engagement were completely different which also protected your life and your health right so that's how i ended up doing that it it was uh you know do you want to be a law enforcement do you want to be a cook do you want to be a this do you want to be a that do you want to now what is that abc cool let's do it (laughs) sign me up Um, um you know, it was a it was a job that the life expectancy was about 18 and a half months, and I did it for 18 and a half years. Right. Because you were smart about it. Well, and I was, uh, folks, I, I have to tell you the honest goodness truth when it comes to. When it comes to contemplating situations, I am a very rational, logical human being. If I have to destroy a building with 100 people in it to prevent 100,000 people from dying, Mm -hmm. you will never hear me hesitate. Right. Now, that sounds very cold. It sounds very calculating. No, it doesn't. Well, a lot of people would consider it that way. But here's the thing. That's the other reason why I survived 18 and a half years doing this job. I -hmm. had no hesitancy when it comes to making that kind of a decision. Right. Now. I had trouble sleeping sometimes after doing so. Right. And, uh, you know, I had my own little battle with the, uh, the, the dark night of the soul and the booze as a mm-hmm. result of it. 
But when it actually came time to make that decision, I was not somebody who was going to hesitate. That's the reason why right. I became a field commander very quickly. Mm -hmm. So while you were, were you like still taking courses while you're doing this crazy job? Yeah, all the time. Um, anytime I was back in the country and board board, I was taking something. I was doing something. Psychology, uh, psychology, archaeology, anthropology, philosophy, sociology, um, anything I could get my hands on. Um, I ended up, I ended up doing a humanities degree, a bachelor's that was psychology, sociology, anthropology, philosophy, and uh, abnormal psych. <laughs> I mean, that's humanities if you ask me true very true <laughs> um I, the workings I almost of the human got mind. A, i almost got a psychology degree but i refused to do these the clinical hours right um i realized what kind of a bogus system was in place and 100%. how inaccurate and inaccurate and subjective psychology was and then i got looking at the diagnoses and the process for it and you gotta remember, I was six, 16, 16, uh, what they call 16 uh, uh, clinical hours. Mm -hmm. So that'll tell you uh, there are legitimate things when you talk about physiological and physiochemical issues in the brain and the body. Right. Um, but when you look at the clinical aspect of psychology, it is such a load of crap. I 100% agree with that statement and assessment. Yes, I do. Mm -hmm. no, I think the whole, the, the whole counseling type situation is a very skewed thing in and of itself. Well, you know, I, I think that you can do cognitive behavioral changes. Right. I think that you can even do... Um, you can do behavioral issues right. in some ways, mm -hmm. but a lot of what psychology is, is an excuse. Yes. Um, you're, you're providing an, ex an excuse to somebody rather than a reason to repair themselves. A hundred percent. And I say that all the time. It is nothing but a label system. And so it allows you basically a label or, um, a name tag to use as a crutch to get through life. Well, I'm the way I am because I'm bipolar or I'm the way I am because I'm depressed or <laughs> I am, you know, an alcoholic or whatever. And you're just so consumed with living under that umbrella mm -hmm. that you, you cannot rationalize or reason out what it uh, is that you, Need to do differently to be a better person you know it's victimization or self-victimization self-labeling yes. which is to me when you're using negative affirmation you're doing it to yourself yes absolutely um and if you own something if you say like me i will flat out tell you i'm a mystic that label is not negative in the least that label mm -hmm. that, that label has so many uh, uh, in, car, uh incarnations to it that it, right. it means a lot of things but that right. is a label that I will own and stand under. You know, they say understand, but it's because mm -hmm. I understand it. I'll stand under it. But when you say right. I'm an alcoholic, right. that is not positive affirmation. No. Um, that that it, is a reminder that you have a weakness and mm -hmm. that you have an excuse. Right. 
hundred percent. And that's, that's my whole thing with the, with the psychology and the, and the counseling aspect of our Wink healthcare industry is because <laughs> it's never allowing you the opportunity to get out from under those things. And it's like self-reflecting in the aspect that only you can change yourself, um, no, which I, is very counterthetical to belief in, in God. So, yeah, well, you know, it, it, that's the other thing, even though you and I come from different aspects of it, I still, mm -hmm. you know, we call it the great mystery or the grandfather. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's a, a, there are differences aesthetically between Christianity uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, mm -hmm. right? Um, if anything, the way that 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 I am, I'm an old traditional, so I'm more like a Buddhist. I know that that energy is there, and I know that it exists, but I refuse right. to label it because if I label it, I'm belittling it. Right. So I we use that. like grandfather or or the creator or the great mm -hmm. mystery is the is yeah, and term. Yeah, and a <laughs> lot of people say say creator, but they they know. People that listen to my show know exactly what I'm talking about. So, and it doesn't mean that, but, yeah. you know, a lot of people, when I say I'm a Gnostic, they're like, right. oh my goodness. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. There was no A in front of that, y'all. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right. And that's and, the, and, that's what's so highly interesting about you is not only, <clears throat> you know, the career doing the ABC stuff, but your doctorate in divinity. And uh, your master's in religious philosophy, uh, master's in comparative religion. That's why I said you are such an interesting person. Well, to the talk reason why to I got those degrees, folks, the reason why I got those degrees is because I didn't understand all these differences. Right. You know, right. being native, I was raised native and Irish, which are not that mm -hmm. different. Right. Honest to goodness truth, between the native and the Irish, there is not much of a difference. They all have little people. <laughs> oh, um, my God. I'm not Irish, but I'm a little person. <laughs> well, G German. German knows. Yes. German knows yes. little people. Mm -hmm. um, but here's the thing. We are German, so there you go. See, I, I knew by the name. F -A, mm -hmm. It's actually F-A-U-X, Fox, mm -hmm. um, I think. But anyway, we won't go there. We won't go there. I, I didn't even think about that. Um, but right. here's But here's my thing. Um, what you have is uh, between the Irish and the Cherokee, there's not much difference. They have little people. They understand that there are these spirits around us, good and bad, all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay? Right. Um, you have to respect nature. You have to respect, even when you put a garden in, you still need to respect the ground that you're using. Exactly. Um, yep. Both groups of people think that. Well, then when you go back to the original traditions of the religions as they were established, even though some of them are quite convoluted in a lot of ways, um, the original principles are not any different. <laughs> right. So I'm like, how did we get to where we're at with, uh, you know, I think it's 83,000 denominations of Christianity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, four basics in Catholicism. And, and I, folks, don't get mad at me if you consider yourself a Protestant. But when you go to Lutheranism, um, when you go to Lutheranism, what's the other one? The, the, uh, Eastern Orthodox. Mm -hmm. um, basically, you have four. Uh, basically, just Catholicism with a little bit of twist on, um, and it's for them. To, um, 
but then you know when you go the reason why i got these religious degrees is because i couldn't figure out why the hell everybody was arguing if there's only one <laughs> right, later, right absolutely well then right. i found i found out that that's not necessarily true because some of these religions um the 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 difference between the clergy and the laity is which god they worship mm-hmm. right and people don't understand that um mm-hmm. The laity think that they're being taught one thing, and the clergy, those inside that esoteric group, completely understand the esoteric and the occult within those texts. Mm-hmm. And it's a completely different God, and it's not the one you think it is. Right. <laughs> um, uh-huh. <laughs> so so I, uh, I did the comparative religion, the religious philosophy. There's that philosophy thing again. Mm-hmm. And rolled those two into further studies. And by doing so, I became completely anti-religious. The only religion mm-hmm. I truly have, by definition, is I like to smoke a cigar and drink coffee when I'm doing podcasts. <laughs> um, and now, that may offend some, but look up the definition of what a religion actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think uh, for... You know, a lot of people, when you bring up religion, they're very uncomfortable with it um, because of, you know, the <clears throat> the traditions, the uh, occultism, things like that that are in. Ritualization, ritualization, yes. ceremony. Yes. Uh-huh. That's in a lot of, of things like that. And for me, it's not about like a building or a sect of, you know belief or whatever for me it's about the words and what i can do to use those words to change myself into something better not just for me but but to help others along the way so but yeah there's a big there's a big disconnect when when you talk about religion because uh people are so they're either all in on how they were raised and what what church they were raised in or they're anti everything because they yeah. must all be bad. So, well, you know, yeah. we have so many bad stories. I mean, I don't care, you know, right. I, I've got stories of, of kids being raped outside of a, uh, outside of a, uh, what do you call that when they travel around and, and steal money from the population while they're preaching to them? Um, <laughs> like the, <Shame. laughs> the, the ri- revivals there we go revivals. i was just gonna say the tent revivals mm-hmm. um but i got stories of kids being raped you know i, I i've got the same thing with the catholic church christian churches pre- right. preachers mm-hmm. having sex with somebody's wife i mean we have right. all these horrific stories and what i have always said is why don't you read your own book right. the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree Mm-hmm. And if that tree is that damn rotten, maybe you ought to go find a different way to look. I ain't 100%. Saying, I'm not mm-hmm. saying throw your book away. I'm not saying throw your God away. I mean, I know people who Shiva is their favorite. Fine. I know people who Thor is their favorite. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would argue that that is a demigod from some other lineage. But, but okay. <laughs> right. If you think that that particular one is going to be your support and come and, and take care of you or give you the strength you need to get through what you're going through, mm-hmm. you're not going to get an argument from me. It's not I'm not walking in your shoes. And that makes a lot of people mad when I say that I am uh, not walking. True, though. I'm not walking in their shoes. I do not come from the land or the nation or the mountains that they come from. 
-hmm. I do not understand the song of the trees. I don't understand the song of the ground or the rivers that they walk by and right. live, live by. I have right. no idea what that land tells them. Mm -hmm. OK, and that's a very important thing for me to just where I'm at. I have a whole different song than the people who live on the Tennessee side of the mountains. Right. Or on the Virginia side of the mountains. Mm -hmm. OK. Um, you know, the, the air, the trees, the land, the animals all have a different rhythm depending on where you're at. So if mm -hmm. somebody says that that Shiva or, or Vishnu or, or it doesn't make any difference to me. What, what makes me angry is when they deify something that shouldn't have been. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's great that you want to honor the Christ, the mm -hmm. anointed one. Mm -hmm. I, I'm fine with that. It's great that you want to honor Vishnu or Krishna or, or any of these people who put them Buddha, who, want, who put themselves out. But when you deify them, then you're, you're making a mistake because that's not what they taught. Right. Um, and, it, you know, that gets me into trouble with a lot of people. But that's... <laughs> The one thing I the one thing I can say is I've never had a problem with, with any of the traditions of people that I've met in different parts of the world. I've never right. had any trouble with the, the Jaguar people or the the Odin people or or the uh, Krishna or the or the Buddha or the uh, Vishnu or I'll tell you the one that scares me though <laughs> is the Kali people. Woo, um, they're great folks, but man, you know Kali, <laughs> that's a little bit extreme. <laughs> And why um, is that for people who well, don't know? Well, Kali is the uh, goddess of change. And when she changes, she destroys everything and rebuilds it, which is not necessarily a bad thing. If if it's gotten to the point where we're looking around us right now, it may not be a bad idea to have her come and clean things up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't argue that point. Um, and that's right. the reason why that's the reason why I say I respect them is because. They look around and they see what's going on and they see how damaged the planet has become and how damaged people have become. And her mm -hmm. idea of erasing everything and starting it new and fresh actually makes sense. Right. You, know, you have to put your feet in other people's shoes if you want to relate. And if if all you ever look for is the differences, you know, well, you said this and I say that. Well, that is green and that is no, it's not. It's lime green. Who gives a damn? It's green. <laughs> right. And and that's the thing is that some people tend to do that and, and just focus on why they're so different instead of focusing on what they could possibly have in common. You know, not just on a subject, but on a humanistic scale as well. Well, you know, you know I, because... I have I have yet to find a human being that has any kind of humanity in them that doesn't like to watch a sunrise. Mm -hmm. So if you can't find anything else that you can do together, get up in the morning and watch the sun come up. Right. And um, I have a real <laughs> I have a very difficult time with people who I've run across who are. Um, let's say, for instance, you know, with the with the jib jab and it's mm -hmm. like, well, uh, if you have been jabbed, like you made the decision yourself because we, we all have free will to make decisions. Uh, but it's like, well, those people should die plain and simple. They should die. I have a problem with that because I like to err on the side of humanity and okay. Maybe it's not the decision that I would have made, but, what can I do to help you when you start having 
issues or problems or or need someone. I'm the type of person that's not going to abandon someone because they made a decision that that I don't agree with. You know what I mean? I agree. You know, the problem that we're in right now is there are so many bad consequences mm-hmm. right. um, that are coming out of the Jabberwocky. Right. And, you know, I, I do herbal medicine. I got I got beautiful flowers growing all around my property and people don't realize it's most of it's medicine. Right. Um, you know, it, the problem that we're having is trying to deal with something that is completely unnatural mm-hmm. and trying to find a natural process by which that you can combat it. Right. Um. And the extra effects that we're seeing, you know, um, it's documented. So I don't even worry about it at this point. Um, right. And I don't I don't think that they're going to really get too crazy about. But, you know, we're seeing stillbirths, miscarriages, mm-hmm. right. um, inability to get pregnant. Um, right. It, it's acting as an abort, what they call an abortion effectant, mm-hmm. which means even though that you can get pregnant, the. uh cell can't attach to the uterus. Therefore, at some point in time, hopefully immediately, you know, um, a good example is, is taking birth control pills is an abortion affected drug. People Mm -hmm. don't want to hear that. I was just going to say that. Uh Um, if you're taking a birth control pill, you can still get pregnant, but it prevents Mm -hmm. the egg from attaching to your uterus. Therefore you have your monthly cycle. Right. Well, that is what's happening right now. Problem is, is we are actually seeing women go two and three months before the full detachment happens, which is right. the worst possible outcome for a pregnancy. It just, it just tears me up to think Absolutely. about what's being being done to these young ladies, mm-hmm. um, because that is the absolute worst possible outcome for a pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Is is that is that uh, uh, termination between you know like two and five months? Good gracious, right? Yeah. Um, the damage emotionally, um, psychologically, and physically is, is just – and the risk. I mean, there's a high risk of death when that happens. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so, so we have that on one end. On one end, we have um, globally in the highest populations of the injected, we have this miscarriage and stillbirth rate and disturbance of the menstrual cycle, which is huge. Then we also, on the male side, we have a concentration of the substance in the testicles. Right. Absolutely. So not only does that sterilize, but it also means that this is going to act like a STD. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't like to hear that, but if it's concentrated in the seminal fluid, then it is going to come out with the seminal fluid. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so that's one end of it. Then we have the other end of it where we have people who are generally speaking, and I'm going to get, I'll get into the middle ages here in a minute, but, but we have people who are over 50 who have health issues of some kind. Mm-hmm. All right. right. They could, they could have a, they could have a very minor heart issue. They could have a very minor high blood pressure issue. They could have very minor, uh, uh, thrombosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we're saying is <laughs> we're saying that or liver or kidney or whatever, but what we're seeing is, is this thing is like a, it's seeking a bullseye and it's going to find the weakest point that you have and it's going to take you out. Mm-hmm. And then the turbo cancers. Right. So 
that older generation, people, you know, 50 and up, um, are not bearing very well underneath this. And, and the ones who are surviving are not surviving healthy. They're getting chunky. They're getting this big round belly bulge, which you mm -hmm. know is unhealthy. Right. Um, some of them have had cancer and survived it. And I hate mm -hmm. to break it to them, but just because you've gotten, if you've gotten two plus two and you've already beat cancer once, you haven't beat it. That's not how mm -hmm. this stuff works. Um, let me, let it, me ask it, you it a question. It comes back so quickly. And, working, working in the, you know, the ABC field, mm -hmm. um, you have seen a lot of things you you know the exposure, the toxicity of of many, many different substances. Uh -huh. um, how likely is it, and I'm not going to like ask you to open <laughs> a, a can of worms, but how likely is it that um, biologicals have been used more than once on a population. Oh, it's it, 400 and 483 times that you can document just from the DOD alone. Mm -hmm. um, they, you know, they drop bacteria on people to see how wide it would spread and what the effect would right. be. Right. Um, they dropped a minor flu pathogen several times in several mm -hmm. parts of the country. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> once, once right up in our old neck of the woods, South Bend. Mm -hmm. Um, right. So, I mean, you know, um, St. Louis, Chicago, uh, mm -hmm. the old, um, I never like to say the word, but it's the uh, uh, Rockefeller housing units up in, in New York, the um, right. uh, projects. Mm -hmm. I hate to use that term projects because to me that's derogatory, but that's what they call well, it. Well, but... Uh think about the connotation of why they could possibly call those projects. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Because like Anthony Fauci's uh, ties to uh, orphanages and, and projects oh, yeah. and things like that. So yeah, there's a reason. But yeah, the I'm projects, the projects were that. used, the projects were used for biological experimentation. They'd spray the stuff into the uh, air conditioning. Right. Um, systems. Right. Uh, the ventilation systems. Um, right. Uh, the elevator shafts. So now, have it's, it's you been done ever a lot. have you ever encountered or know of them uh, releasing certain types of mold into mold? populations? Yes, mold. Mold, I do not know of. Um, okay. But that doesn't mean that it wouldn't have been something that that was done. I mean, I could see it. Um, mm -hmm. But mold is a mold is a little bit different thing. You have to have the right environment for mold to do anything. Right. Um, if the if the weather changes by five degrees and the moisture content changes for you know five to ten percent, then mold's done. Mm -hmm. um, it would be so hard. I, I don't know how you would control mold. Well, um, I asked about that because there are multiple instances on different reservations throughout the United States where they have very, very atypical mold things. Black mold. That, Black that mold. were introduced and, you know, weird. Like, 
everybody in this household died of, you know, whatever. Oh, weird. It's in the community center vents and stuff. And so that's well, why know, I was it's, it's, asking that question. I do know that, that you get the uh, uh, Legionnaires. Right. And that, that is, that's mold that's created inside the air conditioning system. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a little bit different because right. that is actually a condensation and collection situation. Yeah, no, um, this was this was an atypical mold. I can't think of what oh, yeah. the name of it is. Well, you know, now. we had it we had it here, we had it here on this reservation um back in the seventies, really bad. It was black mold. Mm-hmm. That's what we called it, black mold. And it's still an issue in some some parts. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, let me go back. <laughs> I hate to even think about this, but you know, a lot of the houses that were built um were military style houses built by the uh uh military engineering. Um, they came in and, and put up a lot of houses really quick to uh, right to uh, uh, provide some housing. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. no, I, I don't even want to go. I don't even want to go there. But it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. How it would about, not surprise me. How about you know, uh, parasitic? Well, now uh, the, the parasitic ar- argument is a very interesting one for me because. If you actually go back and you look at the origin of, of most of the pathogens that we deal with, that's the word I like to use. I, I prefer mm-hmm. pathogens to virus. Right. Because, same. Exact. Same. So, so what you're dealing with is you're dealing with pathogens. And if you mm-hmm. look at almost everything that we deal with, they are parasitically deri- derived. Mm-hmm. You don't get swine flu unless the swine has parasites. Right. You don't get hemorrhagic fever unless there's parasites in the water. A hundred percent. And that's why you, I asked the question, because um, when you were talking earlier about, you know, people over 50 who have a lot of these conditions, if you look into parasites. parasitic infestation and the symptoms, the wide ranging symptoms throughout the body, that mm-hmm. that parasitic infections can hold. That's mm-hmm. why I asked the question. Well, you know, I did a podcast and I talked about uh, parasitic pathogens, pathways, um, because I wanted people to understand. See, I was raised and indoctrinated and even educated in the ABC to deal with viruses. Mm-hmm. But then they would send us out to a site that had an outbreak. And the first thing they do is have us grab some livestock and water. Uh-huh. To test it for parasites. Exactly. Now, how 100%. stupid do you, y- y'all think I am super intelligent, but I was so well indoctrinated into the system that I would go gather the water. I would get them some livestock and I never even dawned on me that they mm-hmm. were checking for parasites, mm-hmm. not viruses. Well, and same and thing. And then when I realized uh, it, I'm like, holy crap. Same thing coming from uh, medical indoctrination, literally my most of my life until like I had the breakthrough moments and I was like, okay, like nothing I learned is true. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to have to seek answers elsewhere because absolutely none of this stuff makes any sense. And a lot of the wide ranging symptoms that you get from uh, parasitic stuff uh, accounts for the wide range of inflammation in people's bodies. Uh, well, in, let me give you a very good example. Organ systems. Lyme mm-hmm. disease. Mm-hmm. Lyme disease is from a bite from a tick. But what mm-hmm. does that tick put into your bloodstream? It puts in a bacterial pe- parasite. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Now, somebody says, well, it's a bacteria. I said, no. If mm -hmm. you look at the way this thing moves and the way this thing functions, it, it's the size of a bacteria, right. but it's a parasite. Right. And uh, in the case of Lyme disease, it goes into all your joints. So you look like you mm -hmm. have arthritis. Right. You know, and, and when it gets really bad, it looks like rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Folks, I'm telling you, anybody listening to me right now, you need to learn how to de-parasite your body. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I have to be careful with this, though, because there have been labs for decades, ever since World War II, that have been taking these parasites out of the water and out of animals and have been extracting the chemicals that make you and I sick. And they have mm -hmm. been synthesizing those very specific chemicals. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. All right. So those chemicals can be aerosoled. They can be added mm -hmm. to food. They can be. Right. And there is no parasite involved anymore. What it is, is right. it's the synthesized chemical composition of that parasite's excretions. How's that for mm -hmm. nice? Yes. <laughs> Yummy. Um, <laughs> so I, I want to, you know, I want to point out that, that I've done this. I've done a couple of podcasts about this, but what it is is they have figured out how to synthesize the actual pathogen that mm -hmm. the parasite releases into your body. Right. Um, that is the reason why they have been able to take hemorrhagic fever and turn it into Ebola. Right. All right. They have figured out the chemical and they have figured out the delivery system and they have figured out to, how to gain and function it by adding other parasitic mm -hmm. pathogens to it right so right. now we it has gone from a waterborne hemorrhagic fever mm -hmm. to a a disease that acts like a chemical weapon if you touch their skin it will go through your skin into into you right so it's no longer just bloodborne and just recently and people kind of missed this story but i didn't um it has now somehow become aerosolized Mm -hmm. You can cough it into the air. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem. If you study the natural progression of pathogens, Ebola has gone exactly the opposite direction of most. The, most almost, uh, almost every pathogen we have ever come across in the lifetime of humanity has become less lethal, but more uh, affluent as far as being able to spread. It doesn't want to die right. off. And killing right. you is not to its benefit. Mm -hmm. Whereas Ebola has become more readily spread and more lethal. Mm -hmm. Well, um, and it, it would make complete and total sense that that was a thing because it's been in the pipeline for a while. Uh, rumblings that that is going to uh, surface in, you know, in the, the United States. Well, it's like especially. Uh, yes. And, and the United States government owns all of the medications, wink, wink, and the treatments yes. for it. Well, and yet, so, the, other, hmm. the other thing that people need to understand about this is like Mar they keep talking about Marburg. Well, you mm -hmm. know, they've been dicking around. Excuse my language. You, they have been messing around with Marburg virus for about two decades now, the CDC. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, dengue was on its way out. I mean, don't get me wrong. People were still being exposed to, to it and people were still getting sick from it, but it was becoming right. less lethal and, and, mm -hmm. and less effective over time. Right. And the minute the CDC went down there to solve the dengue problem, now we have what they call a immune-dependent enhanced version, which means once you get it, if you get it again, you get it worse. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so they have miraculously it has made a transition in the opposite direction of what a pathogen does. 
<laughs> well, and and stay with me here on this for a second, but how do you see the people right now that have been infected with this, quote, pandemic um, that have gotten it multiple, multiple times and said each time they get it, it's worse? Do okay. you think this is on the same pathway well the first thing is to understand what this actually is all right when it was released they called it SARS-CoV-2 right and that's incorrect that is completely incorrect because if you use the standard identification procedures for a pathogen this would be called mm -hmm. HIV SARS-CoV-2 right. right why is it mm -hmm. HIV because Ralph Berrick right here in North Carolina strapped SARS to a coronavirus using mm -hmm. HIV straps Right. So that means that this thing has SARS in it, this mm -hmm. thing has HIV in it, and it mm -hmm. has a coronavirus in it. Right. Um, so if you get this, then you will have HIV proteins. Now, we need to differentiate between HIV. All right. HIV mm -hmm. is a human immunovirus. Now, right. human immunovirus, in, in a way that it stays within your body. It re replicates, then you will end up with um, acquired immune deficiency syndrome uh, mm -hmm. or a, a, a acquired immune de uh, deficiency syndrome. All right, AIDS. Right. But HIV and AIDS are not the same thing. HIV mm -hmm. is the pathogen, AIDS is the syndrome from it. Right. So we get into the uh, Jabberwockies and we find out that it had HIV in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which which is and it had why, in it. Right, which is why they renamed VADES for Vades. vaccine yeah, call, acquired. We, mm -hmm. You know, I called it I called it early. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I was warning people about this in, in March of twenty twenty. I said, uh 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 First of all, mm -hmm. the AVL, which I believe is the correct initials, y'all remember I, I do have dyslexia, so the initials really screw with me. But the base of this mRNA platform was given a moratorium in 2010. Mm -hmm. It was so lethal in the labs to lab animals that it was 100% successful at killing every lab animal injected with it. Correct. Um, yep. from, from anything that it is itis which is inflammation. So it could be inflammation in your liver, your heart, your kidneys, your brain, your brain stem, itis, mm -hmm. myelitis even, your nerves. Right. Um, I, so, you know, when you look at shingles, what is shingles? It's myelitis of different form. Mm -hmm. um, it's herpes in, in your nerves. Uh, right. Anyway, uh, so what's happening is, is these injections – um, are creating immune-dependent enhancement for one thing. So, mm -hmm. get this: then you are getting immune-dependent enhancement for something very specific. What, what's in it? Well, if it had SARS in it, and it had coronavirus in it, in the in the uh, what they call a vaccine, it's actually mRNA gene therapy. If that right. is in there, then you're going to have immune-dependent enhancement for those two things specifically. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but with the HIV in there, you also have the possibility of getting some level of acquired immune dependency mm -hmm. or uh, acquired immune deficiency. I mean, so which which is brilliant facet here. Right. And this yeah. brilliant marketing by the 
by the government and the powers that be because look at how many uh, lifelong uh, pharma patients and, and medical system patients that they just made by this combination. Well, yeah, and, yeah, but here's the other thing that people don't realize. You know, the Department of Defense, Los um, Alamos got a, lab, a report in 2019, I believe it was, that people who get the flu shot were getting immune dependent. Now, that sounds like a good thing. Immune dependent enhancement, fantastic. No. But that means no, it's not dependent. Right. Your system, your system will actually overreact and be mm -hmm. more susceptible. Right. If you got the flu shots, you were immediately more susceptible to coronavirus strains and pneumonavirus strains. Mm -hmm. Now, they did uh, that for six years prior mm -hmm. to releasing this thing. Right. So you were already, you know, in the old days, when you were talking about biological weapons, this would be called a four-phase weapon. Mm -hmm. The first phase was a flu shot, setting you up to be more susceptible to coronavirus strains. Right. Right. The second, the second phase was releasing something that was more potent, HIV, mm -hmm. SARS-CoV-2. The third phase would be the, the injections that people are getting. Why? Mm -hmm. Because it actually creates more problems and it is of no benefit. Correct. Um, and the scare is, is that, you know, the same people who were susceptible to flu were more likely, were the most likely to die from the SARS-CoV-2. Mm -hmm. um, if you were in great health and you took good care of yourself and your vitamin D3 and your vitamin C and your vitamin A and K were up and you were getting plenty of sunlight, the odds of this thing actually even doing anything to you is minimal. Right. Um, don't get me wrong. You still have to be worried about the spike proteins. But, mm -hmm. you know, if you're taking care of your system and you're using, you know, a antiparasitic and so forth and so on, you should be okay. Um, can you can you guide people in a direction as far as an anti-parasitic um, in one way or another? Because there's so many like things online and whatever. Buy this anti-parasitic. It's blah blah blah. <laughs> well, you know, HCQ and ivermectin are the two best. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. our unit, folks, the people who did what I did, it didn't matter what country you were in. The people who did what I did were always given HDQ as a rotation. So you would right. be on it and then you'd be off it. Then you'd be on it. Then you'd be off it. And it, it, it was amazing. <laughs> um, right. You would walk into places and you, didn't, you, you had no worries about getting sick. Mm -hmm. um, it's just you just really had no worries about it. Um, but now there are natural things that you can do. I tell everybody who has a black walnut tree near them to learn how to harvest black walnuts and process it. Mm -hmm. um, it is one of the best anti-parasitics you'll ever find. It um, prevents the easy. growth, doesn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, black walnut to me is probably one of the most amazing trees that people know nothing about. People used to grow them for a reason. Um, where I grew where I grew up at, I was out in the country, I used to visit the city where Gets from, and uh, you'd see black walnut. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they understood people harvested them, harvested them, and processed them as difficult as it was, and they actually made black walnut tincture and black walnut tea. 
Why mm-hmm. black walnut bread even? I which kind of I was gonna say, say, I was just but, gonna say uh that put it in banana bread all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyway, the reason is because uh black walnut is an antiparasitic. Mm-hmm. Um it will get rid of parasites and it prevents their growth inside your body. Um you know, I'm not a doctor, so let's just qualify this right here now. I am not a doctor. I do my own medicine the way I was taught to do it by my family. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, I was um, going to say if if you anybody has access or wants to get herbal remedies books, I strongly suggest that because you can find treatments for almost everything. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, herbal books are fantastic. There's four of them out there. And, you know, there's natural foods that you can eat that will help you. Um, black walnuts probably eat single best overall. Um, then you have another one that you really can't find in America, but um, there's this product called Onion Quinine. There's two different versions of quinine that you can get. Um, mm-hmm. Then you got Japanese goweed. Um, those, you know, are three. It's really interesting when you look at the continent. Continent has its own antiparasitic. Um, you know, all to be everywhere on the Americas. And in South America, they have a plant that's called Poda Arco, which also helps with uh, abnormal growth. Let me say it that way. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I got yeah, that. <laughs> it, um, I have to be careful how I say that. But it does take care mm-hmm. of abnormal growth. And if you take that five-fingered plant and make tea with the Poda Arco, mm, um, you'd be surprised what you can get rid of that shouldn't be in your body. Um <laughs> How's that for subtle? Yes. That for subtle. Um, you know, I try to give information away without, you know, getting us into trouble. Mm-hmm. So people were having a little bit of uh, technical issues because he does live up in the mountains. And of course, anytime we're talking about uh, holistic treatments and things of that nature, there's always going to be a problem. So, um, he got booted, but he's he's trying to reconnect right now. There we go. Are you there? Can you? And then, yeah. yeah. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, it's been roboting, and then it kicked you out for a bit. Am I there? Uh huh. Yeah, I can hear you now. Uh, that was weird. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Uh, the, uh, well, consider okay. what we were talking about. <laughs> well, that's true. Here's the thing. Once you make an parasitical of your choice, um, mm-hmm. then what you want to make sure you do is you want to make sure that you take activated charcoal about 24 hours later mm-hmm. and then do that rotation. So, like you take your antiparasitical and then take your activated charcoal 24 hours later. And what you're doing is just, you're not only cleaning your gut from all the nastiness, but you're also absorbing anything that those parasites might have left behind that you don't want in your body. Because it could give you this, right. what we call the squallies. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say feces, uh, urine, because those turn into other toxic substances in your system. Yeah. So, you know, like, um, and, and drink some kind of good, healthy, clean tea to flush your kidneys. Because what's going to happen is, is you're going to kill those parasites and you're going to flush them out of your system. They're going to come out 
in your feces and your urine. And you want to make sure that you're flushing your system. So mm-hmm. you, you fluids, 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 fluids. Right. Um, and the activated <laughs> and, not, and not things with sugar in it. <laughs> no, sugar. Actually, sugar is one of the, the one thing that, that people should absolutely stay away from, especially refined mm-hmm. sugars. You know, right. honey's different. Right. Um, maple syrup, if you're getting the real stuff, is different. Mm-hmm. But when you start start talking about refined sugars, that is the thing that the most terrible things in your body like to feed on. Mm-hmm. When you're craving sugar, I can almost guarantee you, you've picked up some kind of a parasite. A hundred percent. And people are like, what? I said, when you're really craving sugar, you you walk by a donut and you start salivating. That is mm-hmm. that parasite telling you that you want it. Mm-hmm. And people get mad at me for saying this. But, you know, parasites get into your body and they take, they release chemicals that can control you. Well, and that's <laughs> the funny thing, because um, we used to have patients that would come in all the time that would have scabies. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what is it? And I'm like, bugs that mm-hmm. get get under your skin. And they're like, they itch so bad. And I'm like, yeah, because they're peeing and pooping. Uh-huh. <laughs> Letting chemicals out. And yeah, until you uh, kill those off and the skin sloughs off, yes, you're going to have some problems. Absolutely. People but, are like, yeah. When, <laughs> when you get parasites in your system, folks, they release chemicals into your body. Your mm-hmm. body reacts to those chemicals to provide the parasite with what it wants. Mm-hmm. It might be red meat, some of them. It might be mm-hmm. sugar, some of them. Mm-hmm. It might be mm-hmm. starches. It depends right. on the parasite that's in your body. Right. Um, and there are. And some- with, I was going to say with our uh, food system the way that it is and our products the way that they are, guaranteed people have more than one kind of parasite. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, if you like to eat bacon, I don't care what it is. If you like to eat pork and you're not taking it in a parasitic, shame on you. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, yeah. The way that they process the meat, the way that they take care of it, the fact that we've seen swine flu in different places, we know that's a parasite causing it. There is mm-hmm. absolutely no reason to eat pork without, well, I don't eat pork anyway, but um, there is absolutely no reason to eat pork and not take an antiparasitic <laughs> immediately <laughs> after. Um, and I don't mean to gross you all out, but it's a, it's a fact. It is an absolute fact. And if you haven't seen the little uh, uh, sushi video on tiktok mm. or on uh, on instagram you might want to because uh I was, is the last thing you want to eat i was just going to bring that up uh because that is a craze uh now like everybody eats sushi mm-hmm. and i am a person who will never eat raw fish no uh Yuck. because i know what they contain. Um, yeah, I make I make and, people angry because I eat, I love to eat salmon, and my salmon is cooked on a grill until yes. it is dead. <laughs> yes. Yep, and that's the thing for me. Uh, but that's why uh, the rise in illness in the population, um, and the and and I always think it's disturbing because I always like to pick on the people who I love the most, who are sushi fans and always eat uh, raw fish Uh. in their sushi. And I'm like, that's the reason why you're sick 
because you have all kinds of cooties from yep. the raw fish. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, folks, it's, it's starting uh, to ruin that, everybody's day. <laughs> anything that you eat, anything that you eat, even when you think about game animals, you have to think about mm -hmm. parasites. You know, it used to right. be that people understood you only want certain things certain times a year. Period. Right. And, uh, you know, there used to be a, there is a reason why there are large groups of people around the planet that do not eat pork. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and see, you know, I, I understand bacon. I, I get it. But no. Yeah, I won't. And especially uh, bacon that is undercooked uh, no. because that is disturbing. But, um, yeah, I don't well, bacon, bacon, ham. You know, think about this, folks. Most people do turkey or ham at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm -hmm. And when do we always have the largest breakouts of different kinds of flu and illnesses mm -hmm. in the United States? Right mm -hmm. after Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, it is not an accident. It's right. undercooked. It's sitting out on the table. Mm -hmm. You pick at it all day long and the next day. And then all of a sudden you come down with the flu. Mm -hmm. It's a parasite. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh boy. I'm so uh glad that we could have this discussion. There's so many things I want to get to, but I know Well, um, this was a good priority. This was good prioritization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um you know, it, folks, you got Dr. McCullough. Um you got Dr. Zelenko who passed away, but he still got videos out there that he talks about this stuff. Right. Um you, you got McCullough. I do not trust Malone, and I'll explain to y'all uh, why. Agreed. Um, I will tell you why. If he was, grade. if he was part of the mRNA program in 2010 when they did the moratorium on using that base, mm -hmm. and he has and, never said and, it, and never knew, said it, and, and knew, knew how toxic it was. He never said and never has said anything about that base being used in these. Mm -hmm. That is immediately distrust on my part. I 100% um, agree. But you got, I'm the uh, you same, got, and uh, people get so mad when I tell anybody them that. Anybody that you see connected with. Oh, yeah. When you get, uh, there's Bowden and McCullough and. There's a few others, but when you see those names pop up, you can see the people that they associate with. And those are the people that I have been watching. Um, mm -hmm. But we're dealing with something that's not natural. We're dealing with something that's been synthesized and crispered together. So it right. creates a whole different issue. I do not know what the long-term effects are going to be for those who just barely got it back in December of 2019. Okay. Right. Um, I know that there were people who were dying from it as early as October of 2019 at college. They had a really bad flu. They got over their flu and they died of a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Okay. That is the sign that this thing was already loose and in the United States by October of 2019. Now, um, we let, had me, let me ask you real quick. Do you think that the mass uh, dragnet of DNA collection that they have done through like Ancestry, 23andMe, blah, blah, blah. Do you think that they are knowingly and willingly using... Uh, Targeted? Human genome, yes, to target biological weapons. Well, in 2015, there was an African-American researcher, and I can't remember his name. Shame on me. I think it was Michael something. But there was a African-American researcher that worked at the CDC, uh, a lab for the CDC in Georgia. And he came out and he said, yes, you know, we can target very specific uh, 
gene sequences, you know, like African-American or Chinese or white or specific white, specific white groups. So like Germanic or Nord Mm -hmm. or, you know, Native Americans have to have different genomes. But here's Mm -hmm. the thing. He said that we are fully capable of targeting medication to those Mm -hmm. genomes. Yes. Well, if you Mm -hmm. can target medication to those genomes, you can target a biological weapon to those genomes. And here's the thing. He was found dead by a creek from a gunshot wound that was labeled a suicide, but there was never any weapon found. And that was two weeks after he came out and and said this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was a hint to me to keep my eyes open. Yes, it Mm -hmm. is. And they're trying to blame China. Okay, folks, let me Mm -hmm. explain something to you. The CDC, the Wuhan lab is a CDC lab. The 46 labs, the 46 labs in the Ukraine are DOD CDC labs. Correct. Mm-hmm. The labs in Africa are Rockefeller CDC labs. Mm-hmm. The ones in Brazil where they were doing dengue CDC mm-hmm. labs. The ones right. in India where SARS broke out the first time, a CDC lab. The one in Air, Air, I can't remember what country in Arabia it was, but that was a CDC lab where Hendra broke out. Mm-hmm. Hendra or Nipa or Mares. Anyway, you had Hendra in you had Hendra in the, the equine version. You had Hendra in Australia, right outside a CDC lab. Mm-hmm. Right. Do not for a minute think that the CDC is an American company. It is not, and it is not a government agency. It is a right. non-government organization for profit. Correct. Yes. And it works in all these countries. And the reason why they want you to believe that it was made in Wuhan is because it was made here by Ralph Barrick in North Carolina and transported to Wuhan. That is an international crime. And since Mm -hmm. it got loose and killed a bunch of people, it becomes a crime against humanity. It is an executable offense under the treaty. Mm -hmm. They have to make you believe that it was made in Wuhan. Or they have violated international laws on levels unheard of. Correct. But um, what organization would be the one to hold people accountable for that? Because it sure as shit is not going to be the federal government. Well, it's mm-hmm. not going to be the federal government. It's not going to be NATO. I mean, no. NATO, mm-hmm. NATO is, is just as, I mean, you know. It's a money uh, machine that was as well. A, yeah. Um, the problem that we have is Nuremberg really didn't hold anybody accountable. Right. The people who were the pe- folks, I did a whole thing on occulted history, but um, the people who were executed at Nuremberg were like the flunkies at the, at the lab right. you know, that just moved shit around. The people who were like, doing the, the people who were doing the crimes. Kind of like <laughs> uh, to liken this so people can understand what he's saying. Kind of like uh, the fall guys the little people at the FBI through all of this, you know, political theater that we've mm-hmm. seen lately. It's, it's the little tiny people that are there that are getting the uh, sentences and, and whatnot. It's not the people that are actually accountable. Well, and you know, even then they might get sentenced and nothing happened. You know, mm-hmm. a good example is Ollie North back in the day. He was a Colonel. Right. Right. They brought him up and they put him in front of everybody and they gave him a lecture and they slapped mm-hmm. him on the wrist and they made him retire. 
Right. And then they gave him a job, a million dollars a year. Uh, you know what? That is so, a so, common occurrence. Um, and I hate to say that in the military wing or apparatus of our government, because there's there are, you know, high up generals that have covered up uh, murders, mm-hmm. rapes. Uh, massive things and then they force them into retirement with some kind of stupid story and, and then they know, get folks, giant yeah. contracts at like Raytheon. And so, Folks, I, I don't want to overwhelm you with the extent of this conspiracy, but the fact of the matter is, is it's a spider web inside of a spider web, inside of right. a spider web, and it's all connected. Right. And uh, what we have to do and, and let me give you a positive note before we have to end this so I can get dressed to actually go to work today. Um, mm-hmm. Let me give you a positive note. It says that you can walk right down the middle of all this and mm-hmm. a thousand will pa- pass on your right and 10,000 will pass on your left and you will be untouched. Mm-hmm. But there's a catch. You can't participate. Right. I mean, I can tell you all these things that are going on and I can be objective about it and I can explain it to you so that you know, mm-hmm. but listen to me, it doesn't touch me. Right. I do what I have to within my own space, right. within my own way. Mm-hmm. And that's what that third path is really about you all. They have their path. Those people over there have their path. Mm-hmm. And if it ain't your path, you shouldn't be on either one of them. Amen. That's the reason why I don't participate in <laughs> politics. I don't participate in politics. I don't participate in religion. I don't do any of that stuff. Why? Because that's not my way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Think of yourself as a mud buggy. The idea is to get across that mud without getting any on you. That means that you don't wade around and play in the muck with everybody else, right? A hundred (laughs) percent. Agreed. So, my dear. I will be glad to do this again. Yes, we it goes definitely. Way too fast. Oh my God, because there are so many things that we still need to talk about. So, <laughs> where can people find you at, my friend? Um, fastest place to find my posts will be on Twitter. It's uh, Raven Kiefer Na, which is no apologies. My my uh, podcasts. Um, you'll find just type in Raven Kiefer, no apologies. And you will find me on my, almost all of the podcast repeater sites. But my homepage, my home site is uh, Spreaker.com. Um, I have the No Apologies Enough Said, which is all my expository stuff. I have No Apologies Interviews, which you'll find Miss Janet on. Um, and a lot of other good people. I've got uh, John O'Looney and Hirschman and people about the blood clots on those interviews. Um and then you'll, I have the laugh podcast. If you all just need a break and want to laugh, I have everything from PG 13 to full on adult. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> um, Those are the ones so, don't listen with the volume up with children around. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's definitely not for children. Um, but I do have PG. I got, I just put up a new one yesterday called stunt, stunt kids return again. Um, that's a, definitely PG 13. Um, I try to do a wide range so that families can enjoy it. And then people who want some a little bit more adult, you know, sexual, you know, whatever there it is. Um, you know, we're human, but, uh, and then uh, I do have audio books out. I have done the complete, uh, princess bride and a few other, you know, short works from different authors. So, uh, you can find me just Raven Kiefer, no apologies. You'll find me on all kinds of repeater sites. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and do not and, buy my books. I know she was going to bring it up, y'all. Don't buy my books, man. Listen to my podcast. You can get everything in a few hours of my podcast for free. 
there you go. And he has been on a lot of different shows, spewing a lot of different, uh, very good information. So if you have not already followed him, make sure you go do that. Like, subscribe, comment, download, drop him a line, let him know what you think, because uh, the world needs more people like you, my dear. You're an absolute <laughs> pleasure and blessing, and I'm so glad we, we finally got to uh, touch base with each other. So we've been working at it. I've been working at it for a while. Time just flies. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> so for me and for Raven, you guys have a good day and we will see you next time.